Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh, lights feel a little bit brighter than usual today. I don't know if anyone else is uh, feeling that. Hey, it's uh, great to be with you guys. Uh, my name is Young, as mentioned, uh, pastor here at New Life, if I haven't met you yet. Um, you will notice, if you look around, that uh, we have a lot of families uh, in the hall today rather than off to the side in that parents' room. Uh, we do apologize to the parents. We have a few technical difficulties in there, and so we weren't able to get the speakers working. Uh, but what better time than today uh, to actually have you guys in the hall when we're talking about families? And so uh, it is the timing of the Lord, I believe, um, as we go through the series. Um, one more comment as well. Uh, last week we had our ministry signups, and someone did mention that uh, we didn't actually tell you where you can sign up. You know, after all that, after that. 15, 20-minute talk that we had about all the different ministries. Uh, the ministry signups are available on the link tree. So that's just linktr.ee slash newlifesydney. So you can sign up for ministries um, at that address. A few of you guys did find it. Um, you know, you guys are just uh, really tuned in to what we're doing on the link tree. So you can sign up there. Uh, we'll remind you again during the announcement time of where you can sign up. Some uh, crazy weather that we're having. Uh, we had um, John and Esther uh, married yesterday. Uh, they had their wedding, they're just over here. <laughs> yeah. I heard during the uh, wedding ceremony that they were praying for the rain to be held back for their wedding yesterday. Uh, we do need them to continue to pray so that the rain won't come back, but it is still going on. Uh, do spare a thought for our parking attendants who are still volunteering in the midst of this terrible, terrible weather. Um, but even more so, uh, as we did during the PSP pre-service prayer time, for those that have lost things, uh, lost their homes uh, to floodwaters, uh, what might be just an inconvenience to us uh, does mean life to a lot of different people, so we will pray for that as well. So with that in mind, why don't we pray together, and then we'll get into the sermon. Father, as we think about the things uh, that make up a life, uh, the things that are going on in our lives, Lord, uh, we do want to lift up a prayer for those that are outside of our immediate circles, indeed that are outside of the things that dominate our thoughts, Lord. Um, oftentimes when we think about things like rain, things like um, logistics around the world, uh, we think only about how it affects us, or perhaps that's just the first thought that comes to our minds, Lord, uh, but we ask, Lord, that you would change our hearts, Lord, that you would change the way that we think, that we might be able to think of uh, people beyond these four walls um, at this church, God. And so we do think upon uh, those that are uh, fighting in Ukraine. Uh, we think about the invasion and the war that's happening, and we do pray for a peaceful resolution. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would intervene in this situation. Uh, we look forward to that day when you will come back and all these weapons can be beaten down into plowshares and can be used for uh, farming and, and sustaining of life rather than of taking away life, Lord. And we look forward to that day. Uh, we, think about, we think upon uh, all those that are also losing their homes through the floodwaters and through the rain that's happening. And we do ask, Lord, that you would hold back the rain. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would be with those that are involved in the emergency efforts, Lord, uh, that you would strengthen them, that you would boost their morale, and that you would help them, Lord, to find hope in you. And especially for those that are affected immediately, Lord, uh, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, give them safe passage, that you would give them safety and warmth in, in new homes, and that you would provide for them, Lord, um, even as they lose 
many of these things that are going on in their lives, Lord, uh, we ask, Lord, that they would find you and find hope and comfort in you first. And that is ultimately what we pray for ourselves as well, Lord. Um, even beyond all the things that distract us, even beyond all the things that we find ourselves concerned with, we know, Lord, that uh, you are above it all, Lord. You are the one that we uh, love the most. You're the one that we want to seek the most. And so we do ask, Lord, that uh, you remove these distractions from us. Uh, those that are brave among us, Lord, we lift up this prayer to you and ask, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to seek you, to love you beyond all things, just as we're loved by you. We ask in this service today, God, uh, that you would guide us by your word, that you would speak to us through the Holy Spirit, and that you would change our hearts and help us, Lord, to, to love you more. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what are the things that we're preoccupied with in this life? What are the things that we think upon uh, the most in this life? You know, oftentimes it's things like a place to live, security and comfort, and family. These are the things that dominate our thoughts. You know, when the waters rise and everything is at risk, these are the things that most come readily to mind. These are the things that are the most important to us. Even without disasters, these are the things that we generally start thinking about more and more as we grow older. I don't think I thought about family or about uh, the home that we'll live in that much when I was in year five. You know, I was probably too concerned with how to entertain myself. But as we grow older, these are the things generally that we think about. We think about the state of housing in this city. You know, that's when you know that you have grown older, when you start really getting concerned with the state of housing in our city and what to put in these houses once we actually have a house to live in so that we can have some measure of comfort, getting things just the way that we like it in our little slice of Eden in our homes and who will be living with us in these places. These are the things that we're concerned with. And when it comes to housing, you know, when we're living in Sydney, that you kind of have to be a person of prayer in order to know that you will have a place to live one day in our current economy. Uh, but more often than not, practically, we lay our trust in a few different things. We lay our trust in jobs and money. We lay our, our trust in vague beliefs about time, thinking, you know, once we get there, we'll just know what to do. Or generally speaking, we also play, place our trust in our own hard work and our own version of understanding. Now, Psalm 127, verses 1 to 2, read this. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain, you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. What this psalm tells us about the things that we're concerned with, however, is that in all of human life, our efforts mount to only two possibilities. There's only two possibilities in this world when we think about our efforts. Either the Lord has blessed it and it's his doing, or, ultimately, it'll be pointless, backbreaking work. There's no third option. That's it. Either the Lord is with you, the Lord is doing it, the Lord has blessed you, or it's just pointless, fruitless work. Now, having said this, there can be, of course, some sort of result from all of our toil, all of our effort, all of our labor. 
I'm sure you've seen this through school. I'm sure you've seen this through work. In the psalm itself, we see this as well because we see that the house does presumably get built. Okay, these people are building the house. It doesn't just crumble, you know, because they're not uh, believing in the Lord. The city remains standing in the morning in the psalm and there's enough food to eat. And yet, the postscript is, it said that it's all in vain. It's a fruitless task with work planted firmly in the soil of anxiety, anguishing labor. It's just punctuated by this restlessness that we see of sleepless nights. Whereas dependence on God means we can rest assured in his sovereign will and find that we're provided for in our work. And our work, meaning, of course, that this psalm isn't supposed to be uh, some sort of demeaning thing about hard work and it's not supposed to uh, belittle these things. Christians should not be lazy, but ought to be hardworking. And yet, as we depend upon God, trusting in him for this work, we find our minds at ease, we find rest for our souls, is what this psalm tells us. And without his blessing, everything is fruitless. Now, what does all this have to do with families? Okay, this is intimately tied to our focus area of families that we've been talking about since the beginning of the year. As we think about the future, as we consider the future and as we think about families here at New Life, the goal that we have in mind, you know, when we're talking about this vision, when we're outlining this thing that we're talking about, it might seem too far off to some of us. It might seem too difficult to carry out. It might feel too hazy, like it's not clear enough. And it makes sense that it feels this way in this current day. It makes sense that it feels a little bit hazy right now. For the majority of our church, if you look around, most of us haven't started families. When I pointed out there's a bunch of families in here, a bunch is like a handful. You know, we can count them on one hand. There's a handful who have been married for a little while, who have children as well, but there's a much larger percentage of our population here at New Life who's single or who's you know, fully newly married and don't have children yet. So of course, it's hard to even begin to think about what we're talking about when we say what our church could look like in the future. Of course. The labor and the hard work begin here with just trying to envision the future. I would challenge that our imaginations aren't big enough to consider that our church could one day embody that culture that we need for our children to grow in discipleship to the Lord here. Our imaginations might not be big enough. Now, I've, I've made mention of this before. Some of you have expressed that you can't imagine raising kids at New Life. Why? I'm not pointing fingers here. I'm not saying, you know, that's such a wrong thing to think, okay? I'm not, you know, wagging my finger at you because I get it but I'd like for us to actually understand why we have those thoughts. What is it that drives those thoughts? There must be some sort of picture in your mind of what this perfect church looks like when it comes to children and when it comes to families. What you want of a family culture at church. You must have something in mind. Something that you perhaps want to experience to already be set up for you in another place where in your imagination, the grass is greener. You get there and 
children's pastors there already. They've set out everything for you. The families are all welcoming and are inviting you to every barbecue. You don't have to lift a finger. But in reality, you will probably have to labor over it there as well. Is New Life your church? Here today is New Life your church. If the Lord has built New Life, I've talked about this before, how, how, how much the Lord loves New Life, how he's never left New Life, how he's still building New Life. If the Lord has built New Life, then certainly we don't labor over it in vain. And thus, we can rest assured as we invest into something new, something future-oriented, something that our minds might not be able to fully grasp at this present moment, that we're not investing in vain. And so we work at it. We sow into it. We invest into families today, whether or not we have a family to speak of right now. Today is the day that we begin investing into families. Because the Lord is with us, because new life is our home, and we're joining in with the Lord and building it, then coming in on the ground floor and co-laboring with him and with one another will be a joy. It'll be a joy to join in and not vain labor. You will find rest as you work towards this new culture. We'll find rest for our weary bones as we join with him in the creation of a new culture for the families that are here now, the same kind of culture that we really wish for in our children in the future. Verses three to five read this. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Now, we already know from a few weeks ago that the Lord loves families. So we can rest assured that God takes interest in the families here, that are here now. He is interested in the families that are here now. And if we're sure of this, he'll take interest in your family as you raise families here in the future. Now for the single, for the childless, and for those without families, okay, perhaps there's no guarantee that we will get married one day. Perhaps there's no guarantee that we will have children one day. Okay, that's, you know, between you and the Lord, right? Our God provides us with brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, fathers and mothers here at New Life, in our New Life family, that we might share and joy together in a way that's extremely unusual in this world. It's very unusual for a single childless person to actually experience these kinds of joys. For all of us, we have this privileged task together of building a loving family here at New Life, of culture creation, of compassion to the widow and the orphan, of discipling and teaching and raising our children in the way of Christ. That's for all of us, not just for family members, not just for fathers and mothers. We all have that joyful task together. See, at the end of January, when we last talked about families, we concluded with this thought, that ministry to families is the business of all of new life, all of us, young and old, 
18 years old, 40 years old, 60 years old, whoever. All of new life must be committed to families, just as we're committed to singles, just as we're committed to uni students, young workers. When we talk about refine, we can think about how we can refine our children and our future families as well. And we read through this verse together, Acts 16, 31 to 34. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. Do you remember this passage if you were with us before? We've seen this before, that in baptism, even for those that don't have children or don't have spouses, we will be participants together in this discipleship of this child with our new life family. When we look upon a family discipling their baby, we're basically entering into a covenant together and we're saying, hey, we're with you. We're gonna support you. We're gonna be participants in the discipleship of this child with you in the support and love that your family requires because we're family here at New Life, as Christ has made a way for us to be family members of God. Now, as we've been talking about in our series Kairos, although our focus might not be here yet, although we might not have children yet, although we might not have family yet, our time for preparation is now. You might remember in our very first sermon in Kairos, the timing or the opportunity of God is like the tension of pulling back an arrow in your bow. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of actually you know, firing a bow and arrow, you know, perhaps in sport or whatever. And Kairos is that exact moment when there's enough tension to fire that arrow and penetrate that target. Do you remember this? Like, this is what the timing of God looks like when there's just enough tension. It's that exact moment. But now imagine that the right moment comes and you reach back and you find there's no arrows in your quiver. Begin crafting the arrows that you need today by investing into families today. God's timing, that season that awaits us, we must be ready for when that time comes. And so we begin preparing now, we begin investing into families today. In this way, we create a new culture together. We cultivate the best possible environment for young families and their children to grow in their knowledge and love of Christ. Pour yourself out for this task. Figure out how you can support the families that exist around us. And one day, hopefully, that becomes part of our culture. And the new generations that come up will support you as you raise your families as well. So let us labor together new life prayerfully, joyfully, knowing the result is secure in the Lord already, that our families and our children that are here now can benefit from the loving culture that we one day hope to enjoy, that our future generations might be able to find a home here just as we call New Life Home as well. We're gonna spend a moment in prayer. And the Psalms give us a new language to pray. 
as we read through the book of Psalms, it gives us words to actually pray to God. So why don't we actually spend some time praying this Psalm for new life and indeed for your own life as well. Father, we know that unless you build the house, the laborers labor over it in vain. And so as we think upon new life and as we think upon this new culture that we're embarking upon, and as we try to build a new culture here, Lord, we wanna be absolutely sure that it is you that we're joining in with. We look back over the past here at New Life and we think about your history here. We think about the different people that you've raised up here, the culture that you've already built up here, and the love and the gospel of grace that you have for us, the same gospel that saved us. And so we're certain that as we call New Life home, that you are here. We trust you. We know, Lord, that you are working to build new life. And so it's a joy for us to join in with you in the building of this new culture for families. We know, Lord, that unless it's you watching over a city, the watchmen stay alert in vain. And so as we think about our city of Sydney, as we think about the many families that remain unsaved here, if we watch out over these families by ourselves, we know that we watch in vain. And we know that it can be a daunting task as we think about just the size of Sydney, as we even just think about the size of North Rocks, or as we think about the people that exist around us, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, and even our own family. But we know, Lord, that we can trust in you. We know, Lord, just as you broke into our lives to save us with this good news that your son saved us, that we can find utmost trust in you. We join in with your work. Even as we take upon ourselves this task that seems so foolish to the world of preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, of talking about this man thousands of years ago who died a criminal's death upon a cross. We know, Lord, that your son came down, God in the flesh, took upon himself our sins, that we might escape punishment and we might find new life in him. Help us, Lord, to trust in the work that he's already done and help us, Lord, to trust in the work that you have for the city of Sydney. We want to work knowing that you give sleep to the one that you love. And so we want to work knowing, Lord, that we can find rest in you. We don't want to work our fingers down to the bones because for us, 
You've already done that work of atonement. You've already brought us into your fold. You've already brought us into your family. As we look to the future of new life and as we think about the sons and daughters that we'll raise here, would you give us hope for this future? And would this hope manifest itself in action as we serve your people? May it be that we find in ourselves a desire to bless children's ministry with whatever means that we have, whether it be our time or our efforts as we serve ourselves, whether it be financially, whether it be with toys or snacks or whatever it might be. May it be that we find ourselves pouring ourselves into these families as well, Lord, that they might find support where they once felt no support before. Let this place be a place of grace, of mercy, of love, one that we would love to call home. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.